Welcome to the Poetry Podcast with Magnus Basharat. The Lammas Hireling by Ian Duig. The Lammas Hireling is a dramatic and mysterious poem. Its references to Irish folklore and its narrative set it in a rural farming community. The narrator is confessing to a Catholic priest at the end of the poem, but the story itself is about peasant superstition and witchery. Duig's parents were both Irish, and the story he relates in the poem was told to him in Northern Ireland when he was out on a walk late at night. A hireling is simply someone hired by a farmer to help at a busy time of the year. Here it is Lammas, traditionally the 1st of August so harvest time on the farm when there was a great deal of work to be done. Hiring some extra seasonal help at an agricultural fair would have been a normal way of life in a farming community before the age of mechanisation. The hireling has been engaged by the narrator at a fair, and the dramatic monologue takes the form of a story told in retrospect by the farmer. At the end of the poem, we learn that he is telling the story to the priest in confession, but at the beginning of the poem, it could just be a story told in the pub by one farmer to another. The contrast between a light heart and the heavy purse alerts us to the buoyant and carefree mood the farmer is in, but not for long. He struck so cheap should elicit a sense of curiosity or unease in us. Why did the hireling agree to be hired so cheaply? Is there something about him we don't know? The poem suggests a resounding yes. The hireling has an immediate impact on the farm, and the cattle doted on him. The unconditional love that doted evokes is more often used for a mother's love for a child, so here suggests an unnaturally close relationship between the hireling and the cows. Yields doubled is a short and direct statement, and hints at some supernatural power the hireling possesses to make the cows more productive. The line, I grew fond of company, if it finished there, would have retained the positive tone of the opening lines. But the enjambement leads to an abrupt qualifier, that knew when to shut up. Perhaps the farmer's friends have noticed the rise in his fortunes, but he doesn't want any discussion or speculation about what has caused this fecundity. The caesura before, then one night, keeps the event in the first stanza, but is a clear separation from the tone of the opening and heralds an abrupt shift into something darker and more disturbing. The farmer we know now to be a widower, so perhaps already lonely and isolated, he is Disturbed from dreams of my dear late wife. Disturbed is a much more forceful, active word than woken, and suggests that the slumbering farmer has sensed that something is wrong in the waking world. In the next line, it seems as though the farmer's dead wife leads him to the hireling. Hunted down shows us that the farmer is ready to kill what he finds, perhaps a stricken animal but it is the hireling, described as just a pale form. He is already becoming dehumanised, but it is the first time 
he has a corporeal description. The hireling stands stock still, which contrasts the speed of the previous two lines when the farmer has left the house and hunted down the hireling. The dark lantern isn't a poetic contradiction, but a standard candle-powered sealed lantern that has a shutter which can seal off the light without extinguishing the flame. The use of pale, dark and light evoke the nocturnal scene where colour can't be distinguished. Stark naked follows stock still, and coming as they do at the beginning of the lines, create an emphatic visual image. But for the fox trap biting his ankle, seems to present the trap almost as an item of clothing, but biting presents it as a live animal itself, perhaps even the fox. The farmer's conclusion, I knew him a warlock, is immediate. A warlock is a male witch, and a cow with leather horns is a hare, recalling folklore in which witches would transform into hares. The hare is a deeply symbolic animal in many cultures and is often associated with immortality and even a representation of a deity in animal form. To go into the hare gets you mickle sorrow, the wisdom runs, muckle care, is a northern country witch's chant taken itself from an ancient poem called The Allensford Pursuit a poem which was restored from fragments by the poet Robert Graves. The original reads, Oh, I shall go into the hare with sorrow and sighing and mickle care. Mickle here meaning much. So entering the shape and body of the hare comes at a risk and must be done carefully. There is effective use again of enjambement after I levelled which is left hanging at the end of the line like the gun waiting to be discharged. There is an unhesitating deliberateness in the farmer's actions. He doesn't pause or waver, but blew the small hour through his heart. The night air now passes through the warlock's heart where the bullet passed. To have aimed and hit his heart suggests a ruthlessness which contrasts with the regret we sense at the end of the poem. The change in the surroundings is instant. The moon came out, as if previously kept behind cloud by the warlock's powers. The yellow whiteness already hints at a tarnished triumph. Rather than brilliant or clear white, the yellow light feels sullied or diseased. The warlock begins to transmogify to change shape instantly, and begins to fur over like a stone mossing. Moss would need a few wet winters to gather in any abundance on a stone, but the warlock grows hair like a hair, to change into a hair, almost immediately. There is a reverential description that follows as the warlock completes his metamorphosis. Lovely head shows affection still held by the farmer but head and lip are taking on the appearance of a hare. There is an intensity to the action that comes from there being no description of the farmer's reaction 
or attempt to rationalise or comment on what he sees, is just told as a direct and dramatic story. Again, the use of enjambement after I carried him keeps the poem moving at pace to its conclusion. Perhaps it is an often told story that needs no practice to tell. The dead warlock in the sack grew lighter at every step. And when he is thrown from a bridge, there was no splash, again employing on Jean to keep the action of movement of the poem at a dramatic pace. In death, the warlock seems to have changed into something insubstantial. And the farmer's act in shooting the warlock, rather like the ancient mariner's act of shooting the albatross, precipitates a decline with his cattle, who are elf-shot, literally shot with arrows by elves, leading to disease. Again, the use of enjambement after I don't dream brings the poem to its conclusion, and we realise that the farmer is in the confession, speaking his fears to a priest. Casting bull means making shot for his gun from nickel-based half-crowned coins, and my days here means in church. The farmer has sinned in killing the warlock, as his world seems to have unravelled very quickly. To have left an hour between confessions isn't a sin, but perhaps seeking the sanctuary of the confessional is one way the farmer feels he can evade the power of the warlock from the world beyond the visible. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Podcast. More podcast episodes in the series are available from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever podcast player you use. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.